All right, we're going to get right into Revelation 19. Uh, we did 17 and 18 last time. We're going to go to 19 now because we just have a few chapters left. But we have seen now, after the patience of God and after the warnings from God and then the wrath of God, we saw the last two chapters, the destruction of Rome, the repaying of Rome for its evil, uh, the delivering of God's people, the result of the debauchery and sin of Rome being brought to bear on it and it absolutely being decimated, destroyed, obliterated, and the collateral damage from that, all the other nations and all the other merchants and all, I mean, the world economy is described there in chapter 18 as this ripple effect going out into all the world because this great empire is falling. And it doesn't fall all at once. Remember, historically, Rome fell in stages, in waves. It was coming and going. Uh, and every time there was so much destruction around it and it's such a, a, a wide swath of impact on the world. So, chapter 19, tone changes just a little bit because we see the mourning for this city that has fallen. We see all those who were connected to it, the kings that had had a part in it, those that had, had you know, the images used of a prostitute. And so I would, you know, those who kind of got into bed with this, this power. Um, and I mean that in the most figurative and literal sense. Um, there's a consequence for their involvement. Um, we still do that some, by the way, as Christians. Um, more progressive Christians side with the, the political left and more conservative Christians side with the political right. And we think that we're going to somehow win the day by electing our person, uh, our guy or our girl to office and that that's going to win one for the kingdom. Uh, that's not what we're called to do. That's not what we should be doing. And we are no different than the subjective kings of uh, the Roman Empire who um, tied themselves to the emperor and to the empire and benefited greatly from the evil that that empire was doing because they thought it was in the best interest of their kingdom. It turned out not to be. We, as Christians, are to not dirty our hands not be involved in such adultery as scripture describes what adultery is. All right, chapter 19. A little bit of change of tone here because we went from mourning now to rejoicing. Here we go. Verse 1, After this I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God for his judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged the blood of his servants. Once more they cried out, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who was seated on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. From the throne came a voice saying, Praise our God, all you servants who fear him, small and great. And now we're going to have a wedding. Now, first of all, what are we, what are we celebrating? Death and destruction? Um, the fall of an empire, when so much pain uh, and destruction is the result of it? Well, remember a couple of lessons ago, I talked about the need for us to understand that our kind of Western uh, values of individualism and rights and the, the protection of civil liberties, those kinds of things, that is not what was valued by these cultures. And even to today, Middle Eastern Semitic um, uh, 
Jewish Arab cultures, they don't value those things. What they value is order. It's why when we, over time, have helped to liberate certain places, um, when you look at, Af most recently in my lifetime, Afghanistan, Iraq, um, and we finally hold these free and fair elections in Iraq and in Afghanistan, and they elect people who end up being just as corrupt as what came before. And the minute we leave town, look at Afghanistan in the last six months, the minute we leave town, they bring back the very people we tried to get rid of. Not because they love them, but because there's order. That is what brings order. Now, that's just what how the culture works. They value order, law, justice. Um, and so when we see evil being destroyed and the destruction that results from evil being destroyed and we go, oh my goodness, this must be horribly painful, they celebrate. They celebrate because God has come to bring order. He has restored order and justice. Now we're going to have a wedding, like I said in verse 6. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. So we are going to be the bride. The, the, the people of God are going to be the bride. And we're going to be joined into a covenant relationship with the Lamb, with Jesus. All right? And the angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, You must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. Now remember, we saw the lamb up there on you know Mount Zion, right? The lamb was coming and, and on his way, and he was going to take care of all this evil, all the evil of the world, all the, the power of the world doing evil. And we look and we see a lamb. And what's that lamb going to do? Well, all of a sudden, it's not a lamb anymore, right? This, we're at the wedding for the lamb. And when the groom walks in, he looks very different than we thought he was going to because now the lamb comes in as this uh, one seated on a horse. Um many diadems and he has a name written that no one knows but himself so there is a name that this person seated on the white horse bears but no one knows the name it's a mystery that's that's odd to us but in some cultures that's pretty common that you would receive uh, a, a secret name that only you and your parents knew right and it and it, and it, it uh, was it conveyed who you were you had a name that the public used, that other people used, but you had a secret name that was a, attached to your culture and your faith and your society. Um, verse 13, he is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called, oh, hey, they're going to tell us his name, the Word of God, Jesus. Remember John 
Chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. So here he is. Jesus has just ridden in on a white horse. The Word of God, verse 14, And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. This is, this is like a wedding procession. All right, in come the best men or the best man and the groomsmen and the and the um, and the groom. And by the way, in this period of time, in Semitic cultures, the wedding was all about the groom. They were the ones that were dressed up. They were the ones that were the pomp and circumstance. And and now we we're just the opposite, right? I mean, all the guys are standing up there wearing the exact same thing, and in walks this beautiful bride wearing a dress that she'll only wear the one time um, and she's joined by her friends who are wearing something different because all the attention goes to the bride. In their culture uh, it is all about the groom because he's the one that will give you name and purpose and protection and family and yes that is very patriarchal. Um, I can't go back in time and change their culture to make us feel better about it but it's reflected here. The groom is coming. And it's Jesus. And they're all, he and his buddies are riding in on white horses. Uh, verse 15, from his mouth comes a sharp sword. Again, we see Jesus with the sword in the mouth. That's consistent. With which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty on his robe and on his thigh, which was a, was a physical place of, of covenant. Um, you see often that they would touch one another on the thigh when making a promise. That was a that was an important physical manifestation of promise and covenant. So that's why on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and with a loud voice he called to all the birds that fly directly overhead, Come, gather for the great supper of God to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and their riders and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with the, their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and against his army. And the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet, who was uh, who in its presence had done the, uh, the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who had worshipped its image. Remember them from a few chapters back? Well, they're all at the wedding too. And apparently the guests are all going to gather and watch them get eaten by birds. This is what would have happened to bodies that were just left out. They were left out. Uh, we, You have to find the right jurisdiction, but some parts of this earth and even in this country still allow what's called a sky burial, which is where you just set the body out somewhere and let animals eat it. That doesn't really work with our culture and how we like to do things with end-of-life issues, but it was done at one time. Some cultures still do it, and this is what's going to happen. We're going to let the birds come and devour. What a, what a humbling, even humiliating thing for these once powerful kings and all of the ancillary activity that surrounded these powerful kings, the commerce and the trade and the slavery. All of that's about to be devoured by birds. I saw uh, the beast um, and the kings of the earth, their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and his army. And the beast was captured 
and with it the false prophet who in its presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur, and the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the, on the horse, and all the birds were gorged with their flesh. This doesn't seem like a joyful thing. It certainly seems like a very strange wedding reception. But rest assured that this language meant so much to those who were reading it. It meant that all of these characters we've been introduced to, the beasts, the false prophet or the, or the beast of the earth, the dragon, the prostitute, and all of those who served them and worshipped them, they all meet their end. It is a painful journey to their end. It is a messy journey, but they meet their end. And they meet their end at the hand of Jesus Christ who puts all things right. And they're humiliated and made examples of throughout all the earth. And while pain and destruction follows in their wake and even in their own destruction, Jesus sets all things right. And he gathers us together, the children of God, to be his bride, to be protected, to be cared for, to be given a name, and to be given a place. Just a couple of chapters left in Revelation. And um, we're going to get to see that dragon show back up again and see what happens to him. All right, join us for that when we come back around. We'll see you then.